Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life. I've actually got a longer article up there now about about accepting your voice, not just finding it, but accepting it. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that's true. That's up there. So of an uh, article by Jennifer Paris, the wonderful Jennifer Paris. And of course, video interviews with uh, all kinds of writers across the genres. Uh, Patricia Cornwell, that's my most recent. That was a great conversation. And uh, well, next month, it'll be up on the 2nd of February. I'm not allowed to release it before then is with Kristen Hanna. Oh, Kristen Hanna, great, interesting person. She was actually a guest on this show. Well, we get into it. Very interesting conversation. Look for that. Anyway, it's all there at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These good people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Still doing it. This weekend... This weekend, the weekend of the 28th, 29th, uh, yes, uh, we will be having a little mini conference. I'll be doing some one-on-ones with people, just talking to them about their life. I'll be teaching about class on the book proposal, the, oh, the feared book proposal. And just, you know, we'll be to teach. This is going to be all about, I think there's still room available at this conference, I think, I hope, that pnwa.org, you can go check that out. pnwa.org, if you want to become a member Go do it. Speaking of little gatherings, this weekend I'll also be uh, dropping into the wonderful Laura Munson and her Haven retreat. She's doing these used to be gatherings up in Montana. Now they're done it virtually for the time being. Anyway, there may well no, I don't think there's any any spots left in that. It's already underway. But looking forward to that. Uh, but if you're interested in look up the Haven retreat if you like big writing retreats, supportive fascinating she's got all kinds of industry insiders showing up for that including me uh check it out laura munson is the author haven retreat she's great okay oh lastly lastly i you know i'll in february 20th i'll be teaching a zoom a virtual fearless writing workshop two-hour fearless writing workshop so wherever you are you want to get together and talk about all the emotional challenges of writing about finding time to write or getting over writer's block or thinking you're not good enough or thinking you don't have what it takes. It's all crap. I'm going to help you with it. Fearless writing. And then the next weekend, the 27th, we're doing fearless marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause all you writers, a lot of them, you don't like to, you don't like to market. I know, I know I get it, but I didn't used to like to market either, but then I learned how to bring my writer's creativity to the experience. And it's not so bad. You're interested in that fearless writing or fearless marketing or both. You get a discount as you do. Check it out. Go to williamcanower.com. Williamcanower.com. You can sign up for those right on the front page. Okay. Enough about me. Enough about me. Let's talk about our guest, Wendy Webb. Wendy got her first writing job with City Pages, an arts and entertainment weekly in Minneapolis, where she still resides, I believe. Uh, She has been a journalist ever since, writing for national and local magazines and newspapers, including Duluth Superior Magazine, where she was editor-in-chief for almost eight years. Now, even though she loved her career as a journalist, she never forgot her dream of being a novelist. Though it took several years, she eventually found the time to start writing her first novel, and she never looked back. 
She is now the author of six novels, The Tale of Halcyon Crane, The Fate of Mercy Albin, The Vanishing, The End of Temperance Dare, Daughters of the Lake, and most recently, The Haunting of Bryn Wilder. Here with us now, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm it's thrilled to be pleasure. here. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So journalism, journalism, that's, that's where your life as a professional writer, it began. How, when was that? Like, how, how long ago are we talking about? Are you willing to say? Well, um, I've always been, I've always known that I was a writer. And yeah. in fact, wait, 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 when wait, I was about- wait, 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 always, this is interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is, I, I have a fascination with this. Like <clears throat> always as in since you, like before you can even remember or around age nine, which is the typical age. You know, it's funny you say that because it was around age seven, eight, nine. My grandma used to read to me all the time. And um, she read Little Women to me when I was about that age. Yeah. And um, I so identified with the character Joe March. She was, yes, you know, kind yes. of a rough and tumble, yeah, yeah. Um, dark-haired girl. And yeah. um, I felt like I was exactly like her. And actually, I felt the book was about me. Now, never ah. mind, it was set in no, the no. War. I, no, it doesn't matter. I couldn't work that out, but obviously, yeah. <laughs> I was Joe March. Yep. And she was a writer. And yeah. so I thought, well, yeah. I guess that's what I am. And wow. it really, it started really about that age. Hey, think about this. I forget who, who wrote it. I'm sorry. I can't remember the, the name of the author. It's, it's just giving Louisa my, May Alcott. Right, okay. Louisa May Alcott. Imagine the ghost and you write Gothic. So the, but the friendly ghost of Louisa May Alcott, knowing that she creates this character of Joe, who probably is based on her probably, you know, kind of, sort of maybe. Uh, and still she's inspiring little girls what, 100 years on, whatever it is? Think about that. You know what? A couple of years ago, I was traveling out east, and her home is a museum now. Yeah, And yeah. I, I went to take a tour, and I was kind of hurried because I was on the way back to the airport, but I got the last ticket on this tour, and it was yeah. me and a group of tourists that did not speak English. Ah! So we were going to the house. Okay. And yeah, well, it's so funny. And, and so we're going through the house, and I'm getting all emotional because yeah. Little Women was set basically in her home. We got right. up to her bedroom, and there was a little desk by the window, and the tour guide said, and this is where Louisa sat to write Little Women. And I looked at that desk, and I started bawling like wow. a crazy woman. Wow. And the tourist my tour mate kind of looked at me and as a group just kind of inched away, like who is this crazy lady and why is she crying? But the tour guide said, um, she handed me a tissue and she said, let me guess, you're an author. Wow. And I said, yeah. Wow. And she said, yeah, we get a lot of that here. That's great. Hey, you got to write that up as an essay. Have you done that? I, I haven't yet. I tell it a lot. Oh, though, hey, I you write it. I'll publish thing. it for authors. Seriously. That would make a great, that's a great author magazine essay, I got to say. Oh, I love happy stories. to. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I just took a pitch online, people. But it's true. Yeah, with, that's a great story. I love it. I'm tearing up actually right now. You're just telling me about it. You got to me. So it was, that's beautiful. It, it was very emotional. It really was. It's just something about it, isn't it? We're so connected. See, that's the thing about your books. 
Wendy, that you'll never know. I remember it was it was Richard Bach who told me. You remember Richard Bach? He's still, yeah, still alive. Yeah, Jonathan Lewis and yeah. So I interviewed him a couple of times. I love the guy. And he was talking. Oh, He's wow. such, a philosoph- such a philosophical fellow, you know. And he was like, and, I, and he was the first one who really explained this. He was like, you know, most people are going to be moved by your work. You're never going to meet them. And, but it's going to affect them. But you'll not know. Like, you won't. But maybe you'll feel it. He didn't talk about that. But he talked about how you just don't know who you're affecting. And so just like, obviously, Louisa May Alcott didn't know she was going to be teaching Wendy Webb that she was an author. Um, There's people out there you're affecting. You'll never, ever, you'll know. You don't know, but it's happening. Well, you know, back in the day, Richard Bach didn't have the um, luxury of email. No. (laughs) I get a lot of email from readers. And um, with my new book, um, the Haunting uh-huh. of Bryn Wilder. It's yeah. um, there's a lot of loss in that book, and yeah. there's also a yeah. storyline with um, a woman who gets early onset Alzheimer's. And I don't want to put readers off because the book's a lot of fun too. Right. But it does touch on those deeper. And I have been getting different kinds of messages from readers than I've gotten in the past about yeah. saying. You know, I lost my wife to Alzheimer's or I lost my mother and yeah. your book really helped me. The yeah. first time, okay, I'll, I'll be truthful because it's just you and me. <laughs> right, <laughs> You're doing that's you right. Me. That's um, it. You know, they, they tell you not to read your reviews, but one night I yeah. thought, I'm going to read my five-star reviews because that's just <laughs> the kind of dork I am. That's fine. And I was, I was, <laughs> I was reading and um, one of the reviews said, um, I just lost my wife of 53 years, and I've been at loose ends, and this book really helped me put one foot in front of the other. And I wow. read that, and I, I cried for an hour. Wow. It's, it, oh, isn't it that really great? Is, it is. Isn't it's that just beautiful? This, I, it's just, I, I got to tell you, it's the part of being a writer. You know, and I write books that are designed to help people at this point, and so it's not, it's a little less surprising when people say your book helped me because that's literally why I write them, but <laughs> it doesn't make it any less um, beautiful. It doesn't make it any less surprising. And because you wrote it for yourself, right? I mean, didn't you yeah. ultimately write it to a, a, amuse yourself, excite yourself, well, scare yourself? Yes. And I, you know, I find it, it kind of sounds bad when I say that, but, but really it, it is. And, yeah. you know, all I'm trying to do is entertain people. We've all, you know, I, I had this reading once, this was a couple of years ago, and um, there was a guy there and kind of a curmudgeonly type. And he asked me the question, he said, you know, you write gothic suspense and mysteries. Don't you yeah. want to write anything more important than that? Oh, oh okay. How'd you like, do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because really what it boils down to is we've all got stressful lives, especially this past year. And the thing that I'm trying to do is entertain people. And so when I find out that I've really touched somebody, it really bowls me over and it, it, it's, it's humbling. It really is. All right. And I'm going to go one further. I believe there is nothing more important thing you can do in life than what you love doing. And I don't care if it's knitting or playing hopscotch or writing gothic romance or writing 
you know, epic poems. It doesn't matter. If you love doing it, then it is important. And if everybody in the world just did what they actually love to do, not what they thought they supposed to do or, not, or dream of doing, it actually did it, the world would be a very different place. So every you person on what? earth it's, doing what she loves to do is making the world a better place, period. I, com- that is I my completely take. agree with that. I, I knew a guy like 30 years ago, a friend of mine in school, and he said a similar thing. He's like, if everybody just did what they loved to do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. many people are just slogging through the days. And if, if everybody was happy and doing what they love to do, boy, what would this world be? Yeah, it'd be different. And everybody you dealt with, you know, if every bartender loved tending bar and every plumber loved being a plumber, because you get those yeah. people every once in a while, right? The masters. And, oh, it's a pleasure. It's just, you know, look, and I, and I speak from experience because uh, I, for a long time, I did a lot of stuff I didn't really love doing, but I kind of liked it. And that's okay for a little while, but not forever. Not forever. Exactly. Just okay becomes a, a case. So you were doing, so you still, so you... Back up a little. You were a, a journalist, uh, but it, but were you? Did you do journalists with the idea of like this will be a day job, but I really want to write novels, or just like oh, I'm writing, I love it, it doesn't matter to me. No, actually, um, when I graduated from college, I went to work. I majored oddly enough in political science, and uh, okay. I worked in D.C. for about three years for a Minnesota congressman and then a senator. Ooh. And then oh, when I came back to Minnesota, I thought, well what am I going to do now? And yeah. I thought, mm, well, I'm a writer. I, I guess it, it's time to, you know, start that. But I didn't have any clips. I didn't have anything. And I just right. called up the editor of this um, arts and entertainments newspaper in Minneapolis and said, I'm a really good writer. I can't really prove it because I haven't had anything published. <laughs> but I'll, <laughs> I'll write for you for free for a while and wow. to, to prove to you. And he said, sure. And that's just how it started. And wow. I, I love journalism. Hey. I still, I hey. still do. That's that's some chutzpah you got there. That's some chutzpah. <laughs> that's a self-starter that you went and just called him up. That's really bold. So yeah, you, I just, that, we're still friends to this day. That's so cool. So you started doing it, and okay, so you're doing that. And you eventually become the editor in chief of the Duluth Superior magazine, and obviously you, you probably wrote some um, freelance stuff. Uh, out and about, I assume, as well. You were selling yeah, stuff. I did a lot of freelancing and a lot of, yeah. um, you know, magazine work. And I worked for some trade publications and just anything that came along. But right. You were when happy doing I, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it's a great way to make a living. Um, yeah. But what I really wanted to do was be an author. And I just, I knew that it was going to happen. And so I had yeah. to just finally sit down and, and, um, and write the book, the and I did. And it took. It, I got an agent, and God bless her. It took her about a year to sell that book. Oh, that's you and, know, that's a while, but not actually not that long. I'll tell you. By I've heard way longer. So that's not bad for you know, your first book. Well, and you know, she was as she was trying to sell it, and I didn't want to focus on. Oh, we got really close. You know, you get the yeah, rejection yeah. letters. Sure. Sure. The whole nine yards. So I just started writing another one. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. And so by the time she got that one sold, I had another one in the hopper. And it just, it's worked out, thankfully. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a spiritual teacher I like who's very funny. 
And she was giving advice to writers. She said the best thing, to, the best way to sell a book is to start writing another one. That she felt that sort of the vibe you put yourself in, that if you sit around waiting on it, it kind of blocks things up energetically, whether you believe in that or not. But but that it but if just to keep writing, it actually puts you in the right frame of mind, kind of keeps the uh, channels open, so to speak. So I think you did well, the right I, thing. Well, in, in that way, if you um... Because not every, every manuscript is going to sell, especially when you're starting out, especially when you right. don't have anything right. to prove to, to yeah. people that you can actually do this. So write another one. And what yeah. I told my agent at the time was, I don't care if I have to write a manuscript every year until I'm 90 years old, until I finally <laughs> get one published. But I would get one published. And she yeah. said, thank God it didn't take that long, Wendy. But <laughs> Wow. See, that's the right attitude. I knew a uh, Jane Porter, she, she, she started in the romance. She started in, in, at Harlequin, you know, but she was submitting and submitting and submitting to them and, you know, having no luck. And she was feeling very down and she's raising her kids out in the suburbs of Washington and uh, Seattle. And, um, and she said to herself one day, you know, cause she was feeling so down cause she was getting all the rejections. She said, you know what? I'm never going to quit. I'm just going to keep doing it. So whatever, like, you know, you're never going to stop doing it. So what are you getting depressed about? And the next week she sold one. And I think there's something to that, you know, kind of mentally saying you're in this for long haul. So what are you like? Let's stop pretending like this next rejection letter is going to be the end of it. Cause you know, that's not going to be the case. And I thought that was a a really good, it's such a point. It's such a, you have to have such a, you can't, you just can't have too much hinging on this. Even though you you want it, you want to share your work, and you you're not writing for your just to put it in your your you know desk drawer. But you can't have too much emotionally hinging on the success of it, or it'll just do you in. I think. Especially you know when those rejection letters start coming. It, oh yeah. You know because you're going to get them. We all have oh, gotten them. Oh God. Oh boy. And have I ever? I know you know really good writers who uh, I this one woman who I'm thinking of especially, she wrote a really good book. And it she got an agent, the book didn't sell, and she just quit after that. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Write something yeah. else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. You know, you write something else. You just I mean, you know, we were talking about Richard Bach. John Livingston Siegel, they sent that to everybody and nobody wanted it. Nobody oh. wanted it. Because it's a strange little book, you know, and this is a true story. I'll tell it very quickly, very quickly. He, 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 he this is the one he told me. He said the, his age, he went out to his mailbox one day and his age, there was two pieces of mail in it. One from his agent saying, Richard, I love this book. You love this book. Nobody in New York loves this book. Put it down, write me another one. Cause he already published a couple of books. And another one was from this woman editor. And this is in the seventies. Not a lot of women editors, woman editor at Macmillan, who was also a pilot. And that's a, bizarre combination in the 70s and she said Mr. Bach do you have a manuscript not currently with anybody and he said well as a matter of fact I do and he took that same manuscript his agent just sent him sent it to her and she bought it but nobody wow. yeah but you know and she was furious that, that her that they had passed on it already and everyone at the house house said the the the, the seagull book yeah we passed on it and she was like no no it's going to be great so you know so but the point is you it, it the rejection doesn't mean doesn't actually um, reflect on the value of the work necessarily. It just doesn't. Exactly. 
Yeah. All exactly. right. So, so you, the tale of Halcyon Crane, that's your first book that you yeah. published. So obviously you've got, you have a, 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 a oeuvre, let's say, right? It's, it's, it's Northern Gothic mystery, a little dash of romance in there. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's okay. fair to say. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's, it, it, the reviewers are they're calling me queen of the northern gothic and you know queen it. of anything is fine it's fine <laughs> with me that's what you want to call me cool um right. but what i didn't really realize is that you know i i like that gothic genre you know a big old house and maybe yeah, yeah. maybe there's a little ghost floating around but yeah. but i don't write ghost stories that's no. not the point of the story the mystery is right. the point of the story but there might be a little you know supernatural happening here and there and um but so but i set them in in the place that i live just because a i'm lazy yeah (laughs) um i you know i didn't want to go and and learn some other place right you know you have to really know a place to write about it yeah and nobody had set gothics up here in on the great lakes before so and I think it's a perfect place to set creepy books, especially on Lake Superior, which is, you know, an entity in itself. Yeah. So that's yeah. Kind of a big backdrop for me. The, I mean, the thing about Lake Superior, and I've not been to Michigan, have I? Or Minnesota. I mean, is, it, is Lake Superior, does that, does it go over to Michigan or over to Illinois? Where does, does it, I, I can't actually. Uh, Minnesota, it. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Canada. Okay, so all right. I mean, it's almost like a. a I mean, it's oceanic in its your it's experience of it. It's an Right. Yeah. Right. Because when you're standing there, I remember being in Chicago. I was in Chicago for the first time, and I forget what lake. I, I know this is pathetic, but I don't know what that's lake. Lake that's Michigan. So, that's Lake Michigan. Um, Oddly enough, but standing yeah. <laughs> on it is like standing. It's similar to being at the ocean when you're at the shores of that because it's so big you know, the, 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 the experience of it. And so it makes sense to me that it would be haunting because I grew up in Rhode Island and you stand on the ocean, those old widow's walks and those old houses. Um, it's very sort of, there's something haunting about the ocean and those big 150 year old houses, right? Oh, absolutely. That's, and that's the setting. I've created this little fictional town that I've yeah. set now um, four books in and it's based on a real place, um, Bayfield, yeah. Wisconsin, which is on the shores of Lake Superior. So anybody who knows it is like fooling no one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really how it is. There's these big old Victorian mansions with widow's walks and people, yeah. you know, women were watching Did their fishermen, you know, are their fishermen husbands coming home? And yeah. it's, um, it's, that's a real haunting setting. You know, have you now that you've been writing about it, once you start writing about something, don't you start understanding it on a deeper level? But what does it mean to be haunted? Because you can feel haunted but never see a ghost, right? But you can still sense a hauntedness. Have oh, you that's thought so about funny what because it means? The first line of my new book is everybody's haunted by I, something. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and and it just got me thinking about haunting period. Like what does that really what does that mean? on a day-to-day basis. Have you thought about that um, just for yourself? That's a really good question. I find, you know, the things that I'm haunted by, um, especially in this new book, I I have put in my books. Um, I'm haunted by the memories of my childhood 
and not not the way a lot of people are. I have the most idyllic childhood, oh, oh, but nice. it's gone. My parents are yes. gone. My oh. grandmother's gone, and right. so that that's gone. But I am haunted by those memories, and I I, I think about them all the time. Wow. Um, so that's that's what I'm haunted by these days. Yeah, it's memory. It's memory. I I do think I do think our I have a belief that fear is a story about the future and, oh. and, 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 and our, and our sense of shame and regret is a story about the past. Oh yeah. It's always a story. Because here's the thing. I write sort of memoir type stuff, personal essay, and I don't know what, no one knows what happened. Like, you know, you don't really know. We don't re- our past is so malleable in our minds. Oh, know? Exactly. It's just, it's just, you can make up whatever you want. So, but you, so those, those live with you. That's what it is to be haunted is to be, is to be right. Maybe you're something that isn't present in this present moment is still living with you in some way, even though physically. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That is, that is exactly right for me. You know, things that you carry with you that, um, that aren't of this time. Yes. But they're with you. So this is the thing, though, because they're with you, they're affecting this time. They are, right? Because if, if they're with you, then they are coloring this time. They've got to be, right? It, they're they're exactly. like a, a filter over your eyes. Exactly. Exactly. That's so and my, my, we just lost my dad. So my, my brother and I have been um, talking a lot about the past. And, and right. he's, similarly, he's similarly back there. Um, Interesting. See? That's the that's the that's the quote curse of a good childhood. See, a lot of people just want to be done with it. Not for me. I didn't. Exactly. I, I liked my childhood. There were challenges to it, but it was a it was nice, I suppose. But it wasn't idyllic. But it wasn't horrible. But I've known people. I I help people write memoirs, so I know a lot of stories about horrible childhoods, and they just want to be done with it. So they just want to move on. But you, right? It's a little harder. But maybe in the writing, I bet you in your story. See, I think all fiction is memoir and all memoir is fiction. So maybe uh-huh. your fiction has a little memoir in it in that just your relationship to the past that you're working on. Oh, exactly. Well, and I, put couch, a lot of, I put a lot of real stuff in this book that people who know me and I put a lot of um, description about the main character's childhood and she has dreams and things and yeah. I, I will get calls from people saying, I remember that too. Wow. You know. Wow. That's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> See, your stuff's out there. It's helping people. It's entertaining people. It's all good. It's just all good. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry, but it's true. That's what I think. Uh, well, all right. So, Wendy, obviously, COVID, blah, blah, blah. So, right now, like the rest of us, you're you're uh, confined to wherever, more or less, somewhat. Yeah. Although I know Michigan, they're a little rebellious there. I know, but still, uh, let's see. If, do you do virtual uh, events if people are so desirous? I have. Um, I have. I've been doing a lot of um, Zoom events for book book clubs and with bookstores and libraries, um, which you know what I find I, I find it fun. You yeah. know, I don't, you know, a lot of people are, you know, Zoom fatigued, but I'm not. Yeah. I think they're, they're fun and I can sit here and 
don't have to go anywhere. But yeah. um, I do yeah. miss getting out and meeting people yeah. and traveling to bookstores. I love doing that. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. you know, maybe next year. Yeah, it'll happen next year. I'm doing a bunch of, I did a bunch of virtual. I was able to do two writers conferences on the same weekend because, because oh. of the Zoom. You know, so that was great. So and there's a lot of people who came from, who got to attend, quote unquote, who never would have otherwise, but I missed the live one-on-one, the workshops, the meeting with the readers and all that. Absolutely. But, you know, it'll Me happen. Too. So if, hey, so if somebody wants you to do a book group, you'll do it, maybe, if they contact oh. you through your website. Yep, contact me through the website. My email's right on there, and I am more than happy to do it. And especially, you know, with the book groups, um, I will do them, you know, near me within, you know, a few hours' drive. Right. Or if I'm on the road at bookstores, I can, you know, coincide. But now I can do them anywhere. That's right. Anybody wants to do it, I'm I'm happy to do it. It's it's been fun. All right, people. There you go. It'll be a good, it's, she'll be a good one. She'll be a good guest to your little, <laughs> you all, you'll enjoy yourselves. Okay. Well, listen, Wendy, this has been a lot of fun, although I'm not quite done with you. Uh, so best place to find you is, is uh, what's your, is it wendyweb.com or Wendy Web author? What's your, what's your it's, website? It's Wendy K initial web.com. Right. Wendy K web. That's right. But you don't go, I didn't on, put the K on, in there. Uh, if you don't, that's not, that's Instagram. not your normal. Yeah. No, I'm um, I'm also on Instagram, Wendy Web Author, and Facebook, Wendy Web Author. Um, and I'm also on Twitter, but I had a I had an incident on Twitter in which I lost oh. all my followers, so I've got like oh. 200 followers. Oh now. no! Oh my God, they trumped you! All right, well I'm, I, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I got I'm sorry to hear that. The email that I used to set it up was no longer active, and it was just a. Oh. So I'm not on Twitter very much anymore. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, they'll come back. All right. Well, listen, I got one more question for you, Wendy. And what I want you to do is finish this sentence for me. Finish it up. Ready? If, if writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Who I am. Oh, I love it. I love it. I agree. That's what it does. That's what it does. Well, Wendy, who you are is pretty good. So it's taught you the right thing. And uh, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I can't believe a half hour has passed. I, so much I fun. Been, Thank you so much for having me. Hello, baby. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it teaches you who you are. It does. It does, people. It teaches you who you are. And who you are is pretty good. I don't care who you are. I've never met a bad person. I just haven't. I've met some messed up people. <laughs> but that means they're bad. It's different. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to be back again next week uh, with a mystery writer, another mystery writer, Tim Garvin, I think his name is. I don't know. Uh, Seems like a nice guy. I'm looking forward to it. Until then, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. I hope you get your internet back. And uh, to all my listeners, go find something you love to do and do it.